One evening, when her mother had had more to drink than usual at the pub where she worked, Maisie Bassett tried yet again to find out about her father. All I know is his name. I'm nearly 18 now. Surely you can tell me more. After a pause, Ida said softly as if talking to herself, I weren't called Bassett, so you don't know anything. I just picked that name off a label on a box of licorice shell sorts when I found I was expecting. I bought a wedding ring and came to have my baby in Rochdale. She gave a wry smile. Oh, <laughs> I made such a sad, grieving young widow. She dashed away a quick tear at that memory. What was my father really called then? Hmm. Oh, Lawson. Simeon Lawson. What happened to him? But her mother had fallen asleep. In the morning, when Maisie brought this up with her, Ida gaped at her daughter. I never said he was called that, cos he wasn't. Her daughter could usually tell when she was lying, so was fairly sure that had been her real father's name. She tried several times over the following years to get more information about this Simeon Lawson, but Ida always denied everything and never spoke of Maisie's father again. It's in the past, and that's where it should be left. Never let a bad patch pull you down. Get on with living, I always say. I've had to amta, or had to gone mad. Her mother had indeed got on with living, the girl thought enviously. Ida enjoyed her job and lived comfortably on her wages, because customers gave her generous tips. What's more, the landlady at the pub knew a good worker when she found one, so passed on leftover food as a bonus. It was a good thing she did, because Ida hated cooking, and meals were mostly bread and jam or dripping, and sometimes fish and chips from the shop round the corner. Then, four years later, Maisie lost all chance of finding out more about her father, because her mother died suddenly at the age of 47, coming down with a heavy cold, which rapidly turned into pneumonia. Even though a neighbour drove her and Maisie to hospital, she continued to struggle for breath, and the doctors couldn't save her. Ida begged her daughter to give her a decent funeral and a marked grave, gasping it out a couple of words at a time, but died before she could explain how to pay for it. Maisie had stood staring down at her mother's body, feeling upset. How could she afford even the cheapest funeral when there was hardly anything left in the housekeeping jar on the mantelpiece? Her mother had never saved a penny that she knew of, had not only spent the money she earned, but had even taken most of her daughter's wages from the shop at first, till Maisie protested. Hearing about the lack of money for Ida Potter's funeral, the customers at the pub had a whip round, and the landlady topped it up to provide enough for the cheapest funeral and a grave in the poorer part of the cemetery. The day after the funeral, Maisie began clearing out their small flat, ready to move into lodgings, which would be cheaper. She picked up her mother's sewing box and studied it, wondering whether it was worth keeping. Ida had always referred to it as my granny's box. It was scuffed and scratched and had hardly ever been used for its original purpose, because her mother had loathed sewing, 
and hadn't mended clothes unless she was desperate. Yet for some reason, that box had gone with them on every one of the many house moves they'd made. Maisie had been forbidden even to touch it as a child, on pain of a good smacking. And once she'd learned to sew properly at school, her mother had bought her a sewing box of her own. From then on, she'd had to do her own mending and alterations. Since she liked to look nice, she'd persevered and even asked her needlework teacher's help a couple of times after school. She easily came top of most classes, but her mother only shrugged and never offered a word of praise. What good does all that reading and writing do anyone? Ah, what did that old pain matter now? Maisie picked up the box, which was her only family inheritance. She'd hardly ever touched it before. It was bigger than hers and wouldn't look bad if she polished it up. Yes, she'd tidy out the mess inside and use this one from now on. She sold her mother's clothes to the second-hand dealer at the market because she was taller than Ida and built more sturdily. Every penny would help. She also sold most of the furniture because she'd be living in one cheaper room from now on. After emptying the box, she began gently sponging the faded red brocade lining in an attempt to freshen it up. Something rustled underneath it, so she tried to find out what was causing it. Surprised to discover an opening hidden under a fold of material at one corner. She poked her fingers inside and felt some papers pushed right up under the decorative trim at the top. What had her mother been hiding? <laughs>